Well, amen. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Leviticus, chapter 20. Well, I heard some encouragement in the songs this morning. Give me faith to face my giants with confidence. I also heard a challenge. Stand up for Jesus. Onward, Christian soldier. On Wednesday nights, we've kind of concentrated on a lot of encouragement. Christians need encouragement. I find that we need a challenge also. I recall the times that sermons and the reading of the Word of God has challenged me as a child of God. I have, I have heard a challenge go out in the wrong way, which puts more on us and, and, and less on the Lord. So that challenge needs to go out correctly. But we're going to look at a challenge this morning to be sanctified saints. And if you're in Leviticus, I'm going to read in chapter 20 and verse 22 as we get started. The word of the Lord to Israel was, Ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my judgments and do them, that the land whither I bring you to dwell therein spew you not out. And ye shall not walk in the manners of the nation, which I cast out before you. For they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. But I have said unto you, Ye shall inherit the land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you, from other people, verse 26, and ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. The story is told of a little girl on her way home from church, and she's sitting there in deep thought. Her mother notices, and all of a sudden the little girl says, Mommy, the preacher confused me this morning. And mommy said, well, how's that? She said, the, the preacher said that God is bigger than we are. And she said, well, that, that's right, honey. She said, well, the preacher also said that God lives inside us. And mommy said, well, that." That, that's true too. She said, that's where I'm confused. He, he says that God lives inside us, and if that is true, that God is bigger than us and lives in us, shouldn't He be showing through on the outside? Wow. Out of the mouth of babes that would send you and I into into such deep thought and contemplation of that, that, that's enough to cause us to reflect on our walk with our Lord and Savior. That's enough to cause us to 
to examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith as the Bible instructs us to. What a thought. What that little girl was on to is exactly what God wants to do. He wants to reveal Himself on the outside through our everyday lives. This is a very significant reason for for God delivering the children of Israel out of the bondage in Egypt. It's a very important aspect of God delivering you and I out of the bondage of sin when He saves us and leaves us here on this earth. He is looking to sanctify you and I. Set us apart for Him, for His glory. That, so that in our relationship with Him, we will walk in such a way that our God, who is bigger than us, who lives inside us, will show forth from our lives. Look with me in the same chapter, Leviticus 20, and go back to verse 7 with me. As we're talking about sanctified saints, but let's look at how this happens. Let's look at the God who sanctifies. It says, Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God, and ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. As we consider this sanctifying that the Lord does in our lives, we've got to see something that is beyond living a natural life according to our own thinking and our own thoughts of what's good and bad in this world. The Bible says a whole lot about sanctification and the Christian life being sanctified. How about this for a definition? The process of God setting us apart to Himself and out of, away from sin and unrighteousness. God reminds Israel that He bought them out of slavery. And He did so for a purpose. And it was to sanctify them. He did that, and then He has the same purpose, let me say, for you and I today. He had a plan to sanctify Israel. He has a plan to sanctify you. He has a plan to set us apart to Him, to His will, to His works, to His ways, for His glory, and it's for our good. He told us about Israel because He's looking to teach us the same thing today. When the Lord saves a soul, He takes away the penalty of sin. Praise the Lord. He gives us a a home in heaven. But He's also infusing a power into us that we might be able to overcome the power of sin and be able to conquer it in our lives. God sanctifies the saved. 
And if you can put confidence in anybody doing anything, it is God. Because God knows who He is sanctifying. He knows how He is sanctifying. And He knows why He is sanctifying us. He knows what He's sanctifying us to. And He knows what He is setting us apart from. Israel was delivered from Egypt and into a, plan, a land of plenty. A land flowing with milk and honey. But in that land, there existed temptation initially. There were people groups that were not of the people of Israel. They, they acted different, they talked different, they had a different focus, they had a different view. It was, there were various types of people and, and they, they were of different thinking and they lived differently without a focus on God's standard nor having a view of the kingdom of God. And Israel, they were coming into the midst of these of Canaanites and Jebusites and Amorites, and all of these different people groups, all of them differently looking differently, walking differently, talking differently, they believed differently, and they lived with a completely different plan and view than the people of God. God didn't want His people overtaken by their ways and their works and their worldliness. And they were going to be surrounded by them initially in the promised land. Israel was delivered from bondage. And they were not to become like this world. They were to be unique with, with different words, different actions, different thinking, different habits, different views than all of those around them. They weren't to ride with their enemies in the promised land, but to be different and God would drive their enemies out of the promised land. If they were to have joined the Jebusites and the Amorites and all of these worldly groups, these ungodly groups, they would be defeated. But if they would be sanctified by the Lord God, they would experience victory. We are saved and empowered to be unique, to be different, to be set apart, and to be holy, we learn from the Word of the Lord in the Bible this morning. We are to be set apart from what's common, what's ordinary, what's regular on this earth. Set apart. I'll never forget growing up and my friend David Howard lived about 12 houses down the road and he had a nicer house and he had better toys and he had real good food and I liked going down to David's house. It all changed the day I beat him wrestling and he pulled his dad's shotgun out and pointed it at me. That's another story for another day. I can't help but think about that when I think about my friend David. Was. <laughs> but, but before that, it was great. I would go down to his... He, he was one of the only people with a carport over their driveway. And he, he not only had a carport over the driveway, he had one over the back patio. 
I played in the hot sun at home. If I was outside, I was out in the hot sun. Unless, unless the, tree, the light was shining just right and the tree shaded an area. And so we would play in the driveway. We would play on the back patio. We'd play in his room. We would, he converted his garage into a den. That's how we expanded our houses and got them bigger back then. And we'd play in his big old den. And we'd play all over the house except for the formal living room. I saw it a lot because when you walked in the door and you looked to the left, there, there's the formal living room, and you did not go play in the formal living room. You didn't touch the... I was afraid to look at the formal living room. I did, though. I did, though, but, and, and I, this might have been more 50s and 60s, but even Mr. and Mrs. Howard in the 70s, they had plastic covers over the furniture, clear plastic covers over the furniture. And, and I would look at the, the vacuum lines in the carpet, they were perfect. You, if we're playing ball and the ball went in the living room, I'm, not go, I'm going home. I'm not only not going, to, I, I'm out of there. You didn't go in the living room. One day, David and I walk in the house where we're hot and sweaty playing outside, and there are people sitting in the formal living room. It's, it's Mr. and Mrs. Howard and some guests. And you're not going to believe this. I couldn't believe it. But they said, David and Kenneth, come in here. And I'm thinking, no way. <laughs> the plastic was off of the furniture. There were footprints in the vacuum lines. And they went and introduced us to their guests. And they said, sit down. Man, this was getting more amazing every second. And we sat on the furniture. We didn't even sit on the plastic covers on the furniture. The, they were gone, and we got to sit on the furniture. And we sat down, and they introduced us, and what an experience that was. We got to go in the formal living room. I didn't even have a formal living room. We got to go in the formal living room and sit down because they were entertaining guests. This was a sanctified room in the house. It was set apart for entertaining guests and guests only. God sanctifies His people. He sets us apart for His purposes. Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, chapter 5, verse 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray your whole spirit and soul and body are preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we traded our sin for God's righteousness, something amazing happened when we were saved, and something was finished when we were saved, but also there was something to begin when we were saved, and that is the transforming process from our Lord Jesus Christ in salvation that sets us apart. We enter into a process of, of spiritual growth and maturity in being sanctified. It's a plan that makes us more like our Lord Jesus Christ. It starts, it is to start the second we're saved, and it doesn't end until the Lord takes us home because we never become perfect. We never uh, enter into perfection until we enter into heaven. But there is a process that goes on 
while we're here that God has planned. And it's a process that happens from the inside out. And that's a simple thought, but it sure would help a lot of confusion with a lot of people who are trying to be religious. Because there's a lot of religion going on out there that is only on the outside. And it never touches the heart. And it never becomes real. But there is an inside out process in you and I being sanctified to the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice an order in that verse that I just read, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. There are three words that we find there. Spirit, soul, and then body. I don't know why, but when people talk about that verse, they say body, soul, spirit, or body, spirit, soul. You, you, I've heard it so much, but there is precise order. There is no accident in the way things are in God's Word, and we find an order that is precise. The first one is spirit, the second one is soul, and then the third one is body. The transformation process in this being set apart, it begins in our spirit and then in our soul and then for our God that's too big inside us, He's going to show Himself on the outside. Body is last. God works from the inside out. He wants the heart. He only operates after having the heart first. An outward performance, the best one we can put on, it will never get us to where God wants us to be. It is the inside out. Performance alone, it does not please God. Many people are trying to perform for God. Many people think they are impressing God in their humanity in what they're doing on their own. But the body representing the actions, the words, the deeds, the works done, look, this is last on the outside and it's for a reason. Because God sanctifies from the inside out. I mean, think about it. Think about a thief. He steals with his hands. But the hands aren't really the problem. You can cut those hands off and, and it'll do something. But the hands don't get to the root of the problem. It's the thief thinking in the mind, I can just take this and steal and not pay for it and make it mine. And so the hands operate according to what the mind is leading to be done. The misery of many who profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who have a thought of stopping this sin... And getting rid of bad habits, they're not being transformed within. It's only a thought that doesn't go any farther. But the action and the change desired on the outside, look, it begins inside. We can't white knuckle it and just do the best we can. It's never God's plan. It's never His design for you and I being set apart. It's something that must begin inside us. After God transforms us internally, 
then the outside is going to fall in line with God. Sanctification, it's not just about conforming to some exterior, external rules and regulations. It starts deep inside before we ever get there. 1 John 2.15 says this, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Sanctified apart from the things of the world to the things of God. Look, the world can be fun. The world is full of the temporary pleasure of sin. The Bible speaks of sin as having pleasure in it. But when we adopt to the world's standards, we are no longer distinct from the world. And, and we do not experience the Lord's sanctifying power when we love the world, the mentality of the world, what the world says is okay, what the world says you should do, and we don't get to experience His power. Let me read again Leviticus 20 and verse 7. It says, Sanctify yourselves therefore and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. And then verse 8 says... And ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. Someone said that God is a gentleman and He doesn't impose Himself upon you. He wants you to choose Him. And there's a sense in which I agree with that. There's also something I want to say a little bit later. And let me just say for now that, that God will get our attention. One way or another... But, but what we see here is that we're given something to do. When we, when we look in the Bible at being sanctified, we're always going to find something that is given to us to do. For us to turn to the Lord. For us to be turned to Him and devoted to Him, consecrated to the Lord. Then He responds to our decision to be consecrated. Look what, be mindful of what it says there in verse 7. It, it speaks of us being sanctified. Sanctify yourselves. We can't sanctify ourselves, but it's part of the process that we might turn to the Lord to be sanctified. Verse 7 comes before verse 8 where he says, I am the Lord which sanctify you. If we allow ourselves to be tied to this world, a worldly way of thinking which is getting more aggressive every day, what a thrust, what a change has happened in the last 10 to 20 years of a way of thinking of the world that's even, even worse than it was before that. But as we consider this and look at this, if we we allow ourselves to be tied to this world and a worldly way of thinking, we're not going to experience this supernatural hand of God in our lives bringing about a privilege and a power that we couldn't have if we don't, didn't know Him. We are going to be set apart from this powerful world by one that is greater in power, the Lord God and His hand in our lives. But we have been given something to do. 
and that is to turn to the Lord. Kind of reminds me of this Bowflex machine I bought. I, if anybody doesn't know what a Bowflex is, it's not free weights. It's this, it's, it, it looks like a weight bench, but it's tension bars. And you pull on these tension bars and you can, you can do about 400 exercises with this thing. When you, can, you can exercise every muscle three different ways. It's crazy. And I got one. And I cleaned my garage out. Moved all my bikes out of the way and I set it in the middle of the garage so, so that I could move everything and I wouldn't hit anything while I'm exercising on this machine. Man, it, it was provided there. It's a, it's a plan to help my physical health and to give me some strength and, and, and how great. And, and, I, and I did everything one time. I, I mean, okay, that does that. This does this. This does this. Okay, uh, Wow, this man, that'll keep me busy. Well, it didn't. I, I walked away, and three weeks later, I went, I haven't used that thing. Not once. I know what it is. It's too hot out in the garage. I'll bring it in the house. That'll make Shelly real happy. I'll just bring it in the house. And so I'll bring it in the house, and it's okay to work out in the air conditioning. The only problem is I didn't do it. It was a perfect place to take my coat off and hang it. I never turned to the benefits that, that this machine, this plan, this design plan would give me for my physical health. In the same way, God would have us to turn to His sanctifying spiritual workout program that He has set up for you and I, that we might grow in spiritual maturity, that we might grow and that we might grow until our big God is seen outside our lives, oozing through our pores, and people would see God in us. Full surrender to His sanctifying plan just as He fully surrendered to being able to save our lives and then to sanctify us by giving His life for us. Listen to Hebrews 10.10. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He completely surrendered Himself to the Father's plan to be able to save us and to sanctify us. The Bible student would get real picky with me right now because sanctified means to be saved. But it's within the meaning of salvation. But within salvation is, is a changing and a setting apart that happens. So you can separate it sometimes and you can put it together sometimes. Bottom line, it's for the child of God to be set apart for Him. Jesus bought and paid for our, our lives, our souls to be saved. And He bought and He paid for a sanctifying process. He has made every provision necessary for us all to be able to live a full and abundant life that is ever-growing and ever-changing in Him, making us more like Jesus every day. But again, the Lord wants us to decide. 
He wants us to decide and turn to Him, devoting our lives to this process that He has set up for us. And the truth is, there are many who have made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ who do not have a transformed life, who do not have a set-apart life for the Lord. Don't get me wrong, none of us are perfect, but once we're saved and once we're being sanctified, we are not everything we ought to be. But we are not who we once were when we were dead in our sins and didn't know Jesus. How do we know we're being transformed? We're losing a desire for the things of this world. And there is that desire that could not come about on our own that comes about for the things of God in our lives. We're we're losing a desire for the world and, and disapproving of the world's way of doing things and the thinking and the mentality that the world's trying to push on us. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. The Word of God will never pass away. And we stand on the Word of God for truth not for something that is ever-changing and coming up with different, different angles of, of this being okay and that being okay. We live our lives according to the Lord's instructions and His standards, no, no matter what's going on in the world. When we're being sanctified, the desire for this world is being removed. And the changes that God makes in us causes Jesus Christ to be seen in and through our lives. That always, I'm not going to tell you my testimony again, but it always takes me back to a young man about my age, in my early 30s, who had something that I didn't have. And it's because his God was so big Thank God he was being sanctified by the Lord. That he was seen on the outside. And I didn't even know what I was seeing. Except that I needed it. And I wanted it. And it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And and that's the plan. That's the process for every single child of God. That's why he saves us and leaves us in this world. Jesus is too big to only be on the outside. The inside. He's got to show forth on the outside, and He will when we are sanctified. He's going to be noticed by others around us. We should be faithful to initiate in witnessing opportunities, but how sweet is it when that witnessing opportunity comes to you and the question is asked to you, about your life and why it's so much different than everybody else at work or everybody else at school. God is changing our lives. See, the Lord isn't through with us after He saves us. Let me say this. Something is completely finished for you the moment that you believed or, or, or you that shall believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Something is completely finished for you. You have residence in heaven. 
Your citizenship is then in heaven. Your position is fixed in Jesus Christ. We wouldn't dare insult what He provided for us as though it wasn't foolproof. It is by faith, by believing. Something is finished for us when we're saved. But at the same time, something is just beginning. And that is God working in us as we turn to Him to be set apart from this world, to be set apart from those things that hurt us, to be set apart from those things that would make us look like the world and more like Him. That fisherman Peter said it well. He said, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Do this and live the life that God has planned for us to live. He has set it up that we be set apart. Paul says it this way from very familiar verses from Romans 12. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The way that God has set it up. God could manifest Himself any way He wants, and He didn't need us, but He chooses to use you and I to manifest His power on this earth. And that happens by more than trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Don't get me wrong. What what a witness it is when someone stands before 200 of God's people professing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of their sins. Praise the Lord. That's the saving power of God. I believe He still has power today. I believe He still saves today. He is mighty in strength and power. He is mighty to save. And what a wonderful manifestation of the power of God. But He's not through there in the child of God. Because He takes what people once knew and He makes us someone different. He makes us someone new. He changes us in ways we, we never could have changed on our own. And, and, and all of our surroundings and everyone around us will start to see it. The kind of sacrifice we're to make of ourselves is a living sacrifice, Paul says there. The animal sacrifice that was brought to God in this sense was a was a dead animal, and it was laid on the altar, and it was offered up to God, set afire, and completely consumed. And so what, what God is telling us through Romans 12, beginning there, is, is that we're to present ourselves to be completely consumed by Almighty God. The animal sacrifice was dead. We don't do it after this life. We, we're to be a living sacrifice. We offer him, ourselves to Him now. We can't, be all, we can't be sanctified by offering a portion of our time, our talents, our treasure. God wants all of us on the altar and, and to consume us of our entirety for His glory. You know, anytime God did something big for His people in the Old Testament... What did the people first do? 
offered, offered up a sacrifice to God. And they, they showed in the offering of that sacrifice their, their commitment, their consecration to God in, in offering up the sacrifice first. It demonstrated the commitment of His people. And what we see in this decision and consecration for us being sanctified, something we see in it is worship. That, that, that animal on the altar, that, that was a way of worshiping God. And when you and I present our bodies a living sacrifice to God, we, we offer up our lives to God, and that is worship. Worship is more than a song we sing on Sunday. Worship is a way of life. It is offering our lives to God. That is, is worship, and it's, it, our worship is our way of life. I used to, I used to ask the teenagers upstairs, I'd, I'd say, how's your worship on Sunday? And, you know, things would come to their mind about being in church, being in the service, getting into the service, hearing the Word of God, singing praises to God. And then I'd say, how's your worship on Monday? Huh? Worship? It's a way of life for the Christian. We give our, our lives to Him holy and devoted to Him. That's the only way this sanctifying is going to happen. Worship. Presenting our life as a living sacrifice. You know, and, and again, as we would read on and on on this subject in the Bible, we would find as what we have had presented today. And that is a decision that is upon us to make. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, again, Peter said. It's a decision that He has given us to make. But let me say this, let me say this as we look at our part in this, let us also consider that the Lord who has bought us with a price, He is working on our lives and He works to get our attention to sanctify us. Jonah, Jonah was to go to Nineveh, Jonah went to Tarshish, he took off for Tarshish. That doesn't even, that's not a mistake. That doesn't even sound the same. Nineveh, Tarshish. He's taking off for Tarshish. Let me interject this right now. Children of God, how, how do we know that we, we might be in the wrong place? Lord, what, what are you saying to me today? What, what needs to happen to my life? Where, I am, where am I in this business of sanctification? Let me say this. As Jonah was headed off to Tarshish, he was a child of God in a very miserable condition. If we're not hitched up to God's plan of being set apart and we're truly a child of God, things just ain't going to work out. Excuse my grammar, but things just ain't going to work out if we're not being sanctified. Jonah ended up being able to make a pretty good decision in the belly of a fish. God's at work, but, but we see His invitation. We see Him putting something on us that we might willingly trust Him Trust His plan and give ourselves to Him to be sanctified. We're going to surrender or, or there could be some Jonah type of suffering 
in it that sends us into being set apart. Because this is what God has saved us and left us here for. To be set apart from this world and to show the world that our God is too big to just live on the inside. He's going to show Himself through our lives. But as I say this and direct this to the Christian this morning, there may be someone here and and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ to have Him save it. Say He'll save your life from your sins if you understand that, that He died on the cross for you, a sinner in your place, being sinless, and He was raised again. There, there is victory over anyone's sins here by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do that, man, something is signed, sealed, and delivered for eternity in that you become a child of God and you have a home in heaven. But something else will just be beginning. And that is that new, full, abundant life. That doesn't mean everything's perfect, but it's, but it's a life that we've never had before, a life that is connected with God. We're made alive to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And He will be forever changing us. How, how do we know we've been saved? Well, God is, is always moving to bring about a change in our lives. And next thing you know down the road, our lives have become something it could have never become on our own. Trust Him today, if you never have. Child of God, let, let us all examine ourselves to see where we are in God glorifying Himself through our lives by steadily changing us. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we bow before You this morning. We thank You, Lord, for Your presence, to to be able to be in Your house, and and Your power that we're confident in, that that comes through Your Word and from Your Word, and Your promises that, that it does not return void. So we thank You right now for what You're going to do as a result of us being able to share Your Word. Lord, I thank You for revealing and convicting the one who does not know You. And that glorious day that all of us came to realize that we needed a Savior to save us from our sins. And that only Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, maybe that glorious day is today for someone else who has never been saved. And Lord, for us as your children, Lord, help us because we can get so caught up in us and forget that we are here to glorify you and that you have set up a plan and a purpose to be able to do that. By your power, you set us apart from this world to live our lives for you. And it's the best life we could ever have. And we thank you for it and we bless your holy name today. And I thank you for what you're going to do in this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If everyone could please stand. Saints be praying. Have thine own way.